0: Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is Parareality Radio. I'm Sandman, and I'll be your host for the next hour this evening. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. It's Monday, August the 6th, 2012, and that means that it's time for another episode of Parareality Radio. On tonight's show, I'll be talking about the Stonehenge Monument. I'm going to give you a very brief history of the monument and then I'll go down my top 12 list of the most popular theories or at least my most popular theories behind who or what built Stonehenge. Some of these theories are popular and there will probably be at least one or two that you've never heard of before in there as well. Some of them make sense when you think about it and then others are totally and completely outlandish. Now, I've actually been to Stonehenge, and let me tell you, it's an awe-inspiring place. When you go there, you can't help but to feel a sense of, of history and mystery and just wonderment and power. Stonehenge is one of those places where you can just feel the ancientness of the place. You're there and you know that this place was built by men centuries ago and that it was someplace important and it's still important today I urge you now if you ever get the chance to go to the UK you really need to go see Stonehenge it's definitely worth the drive I mean the UK is not all that big anyway and it's definitely what most people go to London when they go to the UK, that's that's where I went it was London. And uh it's uh, a couple of hours drive outside of London to go see Stonehenge and it's it's like I said it's definitely worth a drive. And there's this little place not too far from Stonehenge called the Stonehenge Inn that's run by a woman named Maggie, where you can get some of the best bangers and mash around. This little inn is like the only place close to Stonehenge to eat or or really the only thing is the only place around Stonehenge at all really um is you, i think you can even stay there because it is you know an inn but uh mainly it's a restaurant and they get a lot of business from from tourists and stuff like that so if you ever do go to Stonehenge you'll definitely have to stop by the Stonehenge inn to eat it's uh it's like i said it's it's, it's well worth it so uh that's my little two cents about the Stonehenge end. So let's let's get on with the show. Well, actually, before I get on with the show, um, right now I am sitting in the new broadcast studio for Parareality Radio. I'm in the brand new Parareality Radio studio, and I I know you've probably been, uh, well, I'm going to say, I, I hope anyway, if you're listening to the show, you've checked out my Facebook page and um seeing the pictures on facebook of the new studio that i've taken i'm very proud of this i worked hard to get it up and running like it is and this is actually the first broadcast of pair reality radio from the brand new pair reality radio studio and i've got this brand new microphone that i'm broadcasting with that is absolutely great it's uh man i wish i would have had this years ago whenever I was doing my show but of course this microphone didn't exist back then so this is brand new technology that I got right here man it's a great microphone I hope you can hear the difference in the quality between the the previous couple of shows that I've done here on Spreaker and really any other radio show that I've done and now Now, with the exception of my WRFN shows um, I think this is I know this is the best microphone that I've had um, it's uh, the quality of this thing is just great and I I've actually used it um, on um, my spin-off show that I've got called uh, set it off that is available exclusively on Facebook and Spreaker that's the only places that you can hear it um, so if you're not a fan of mine on Facebook if you're not a friend of mine on Facebook or whatever uh, you'll definitely want to friend me so you can keep up with the spin-off show I call it a spin-off show it's just really not the correct term it's not a spin-off show it's a it's just a different show it's called set it off and I have no schedule for the show I just do it whenever I feel like doing it and it's just basically about what sets me off what really ticks me off and makes me feel like I need to get on the radio and express my viewpoints and my opinions and maybe just hopefully uh spread a little uh intelligence out there in the world. So uh yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm real excited to to be broadcasting the first edition of Parareality Radio from the new Parareality Radio studio using the new equipment man i'm real i'm I'm stoked i'm really excited and, and you know most of the time when i do this show uh 99 of the time it's been at night it's been late night and it's been dark outside and the studio's all dark and i have this little you know lamp on and stuff and uh the past well since i've restarted the show and i've moved it here to spreaker the shows that i've done have actually been during the day because i'm not doing a live show at least not yet and, uh, so this is all pre-recorded and it's, you know, podcast format now. So, um, I'm trying to get used to, to doing pair reality radio in the day. And it's really, really weird for me to be sitting here in the middle of the day, afternoon recording this show because i this is a show that's best done at night, you know? Um, but anyway, nonetheless, I'm excited. Parareality Radio's back. I'm back. New studio, new equipment, new mic. Everything's new, and I'm I'm really excited to be here. And, and I've got a, picked up a lot of new listeners on Spreaker, and everybody that has is following my show on Spreaker. I really appreciate you guys. You're helping me to build up the Parareality Radio brand. I really appreciate all the new listeners, and and I especially appreciate all the old listeners who used to listen to the show who have now started listening to it. One more time. I've lost some people, gained some new ones. Um glad to be back, and I'm glad that you're glad that I'm back. Yeah, okay. So anyway, <laughs> before I get uh too tongue-tied, let me tell you first of all, how you can get in touch with me because as you know, if you're a listener of the show, there are a few different ways that you can do this. First of all, you can reach me on Yahoo Messenger just by uh, using my screen name, which is Grey Dragon 98 that's G-R-E-Y-D-R-A-G-O-N, with the number 98 tacked on to the end of that. Grey Dragon 98 Now if you're not already on my contact list in my Yahoo Messenger, please let me know that you listen to the show whenever you send me a friend request, otherwise I'll probably decline your invitation because there's a lot of spam people now on Yahoo Messenger trying to get you to friend them so they can send you instant messages to you know sell you their sex sites so you know hey I'll be your friend okay a new friend cool so you friend them and then they're sending you messages like check out my webcam I'll take my clothes off for $10 you know it's just it's crazy so if if you're not already on my contact list when you send me the friend invite Please just let me know that you're a new listener to Parareality Radio, and I will gladly accept your invitation. If you don't do that, I'll probably decline it, and you'll probably have to try again, okay? Uh, You can also send an email to me. My email address is sandman at parareality.com. And just in case you don't know how to spell parareality, it is P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-I-T-Y my email address sandman at parareality.com which is by the way my website parareality.com that's the website address just go to parareality.com you can find out about the show you can actually listen to the show from there as well you can listen to past shows from there Um, you can learn about me you can learn about the show you can see some pictures of some evidence that I've obtained through my years of paranormal investigating and, and some pictures that some friends of the show have sent me I don't have a lot of pictures up there Um just trying to keep the website simple right now I don't wanna have a lot of hoopla on the website probably gonna redesign it here soon but uh, the website's just your basic no frills website at this point don't have a lot of uh, pictures up there but the ones that I do have are, are some that I think are really great so uh www.parareality.com is the web address also you've heard me talk about it I am available on Facebook just look for me on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Sandman.parareality. That's sandman.parareality. There you can keep up with some other things that go on with me and the show that I don't just uh have out there on the website. Um, there's some interesting videos. What I'm going to try to start doing is posting some relevant videos to the topic that I'm going to be talking about on the show. I'll have those posted on on uh, sandman.perreality on Facebook on a Facebook page there um, if you've been looking at it uh, the last week or so I've got a little uh, documentary that I found on the online about Stonehenge that I put up there and it's not really got not a lot to do with with my top 12 list and everything but it is something relevant to the show so if you haven't seen the video that I've got posted on Facebook about Stonehenge, it is a documentary. So just go to Sandman. on Facebook and uh, look up the the video on Stonehenge that I've got posted there. One last thing is you can also find me by uh, just you can call me. I'm not going to say find me, but you can call the Parareality Radio Studio. I still have the studio line from when I was doing the live show, and I hope to one day be doing the show live again. So I've kept the studio line up. So if you want to just you know send me a, a a voicemail you can call six one five six nine two one one seven zero that number to call once again is six one five six nine two one one seven zero that is the pair reality radio studio line you may actually who knows i may be in the studio working one day and you may call and i may answer it uh but uh man i'm just using it right now for people who want to you know. Call and leave me messages. I'll play it back on the air, so forth and so on. So, those are all the different ways that you can get in contact with me, Sandman, here at Para Reality Radio. So now i have wasted about 13 minutes of time. Um, uh, really, we need to get on with the show. So, um, what I'm going to do, I, you know, I did have some some email that I was going to read, but I've I've kind of wasted a little bit of time when I got. Excited talking about the new studio and stuff. So I'm just going to uh, kind of um, kind of forego that. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to let you listen to a little bit of music here whilst I get prepared to do the show. Uh, this is, man, I love this song. This is Rocky Mountain Way, but it's the remake by Godsmack. I hate the Joe Walsh version. I've always hated that song. I love this one. So I'm going to let you listen to a little bit of rock. We'll come back and i'll do the Stonehenge show and we'll see you guys in about four minutes this is rocky mountain way by god smack hope you enjoy it i know i do Listening to Parareality Radio, your information source for all things paranormal. Episode available the first Monday of every month. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. All right, that was Godsmack with Rocky Mountain Way, the redo of the shitty Joe Walsh version. Oop, I said that out loud, didn't I? (laughs) All right, well, on with the show, all right? We're going to be talking about Stonehenge. And Stonehenge is one of Britain's most famous and ancient national monuments. It's a world heritage site, and it's also a popular tourist destination. Popular opinions about this site include that it was a place for sun worship, a healing sanctuary um, a, a sacred burial site and it's also believed to have been built by aliens some of the more fantastic theories about it now stonehenge is a monument that took over 400 years to build the remains of stonehenge that exist today leave us intrigued and awestruck i know i've been there look at para-reality.com and you can see pictures of me there Much of its allure lies in the fact that the purpose for which Stonehenge was built hasn't been identified, though the scientific and archaeological community is rife with theories. The construction of the first phase of Stonehenge began around 3000 BC and comprised a simple circular bank in a ditch enclosure. It's believed that tools used to dig these ditches included wooden instruments and deer antlers. It measured around 110 meters in diameter with a large entrance to the northeast and a smaller one to the south. It's likely that in around sometime around 2800 BC timber posts were erected within the enclosure marking the second phase of the building. Although there's no visible evidence not any longer anyway. This assessment is made on the basis of a number of post holes that date back to the 2800 BC period. Two centuries after the monument's inception burials and cremations took place in about 25 of the Aubrey holes. Proof of several other cremations such as fragments of unburned human bone are also found at different locations in Stonehenge. The next stage encompasses two concentric circles of 80 or so standing bluestones, called bluestones because they take on a bluish hue when they are wet or cut, and these stones have an entrance facing northeast. Only 43 of these bluestones can be traced today. A prominent theory regarding the origin of these stones is that they were transported by humans from the Preseli Hills, which was around 150 or so miles away. Supposedly they were transported from a site known as Caronmion, and I know I probably pronounced that wrong. Let me try that again, Caronmion, however, new results from studies on this subject are constantly emerging and some actually refute this theory. If it were true, a large amount of effort and investment would have gone into shifting these really big gigantic stones, some of which were as long as 10 feet and weighed up to 4 tons. The Herculean task of moving the stones was carried out by humans, but the question as to how still remains. While scientists are still searching for answers, the fact remains that several ancient societies had ways and means to move large rocks. Other standing stones included about 20 different rock types. Some of the stones measured around 2 meters or 6.6 feet in height. They ranged between 6.6 feet and 3.3 to 4.9 feet wide and around 2.6 feet thick. So these were not small stones. These were big, giant rocks, and it wasn't easy to move at all. A belief held by most archaeologists is that the final stage of its construction began about two centuries later when 30 enormous uh, sarsen stones were used to create the outer circle. This was the time that Stonehenge acquired its Remarkable appearance that we know it today. It's believed that the Juggernaut blocks of sandstone were quarried and collected from the Marlborough Downs, which was about 20 miles to the north of Stonehenge. The standing stones were erected in a circle with a ring of 30 lintel stones resting on top. These mammoth stones were about 13 feet high and 6 feet 11 inches wide. And weighed around twenty five tons. Huge stones. During the last century, Stonehenge became a sort of symbol for Great Britain, the place where every decent tourist considers it as a duty to be, you know, have a picture snapped and Stonehenge is on the background as the proof of having, you know, a vacation at that particular place. I know I did it, and I'm glad that I went there. Only in the British Islands, the archaeologists run about, or they run across 900 diminutive stone Hinges, not to mention to the, to the countries, the, the countless amount of similar prehistoric structures found in the territory of Europe and Asia. Stonehenge is simply the most grandiose and well-preserved of its time. Moreover, it's been covered by the this big mystery as to how it was built. But as far as the enigma equals with the attractiveness by most of the people, the infinite streams of tourists flow to Salisbury Plain, probably hoping that the right one on you know on the on the spot it dawns on them why about 4,600 years ago someone made such a titanic effort for erecting Stonehenge. You know you're gonna go there and find oh I'm gonna be the one that's gonna dawn on me. I'll figure it out when I get there. It needs to be said that during the last centuries, there have been considered a great deal of different assumptions regarding who and why Stonehenge was built. Now, here are my top ten myths and theories, or my top twelve actually, myths and theories about Stonehenge. And let me tell you, I when I went there, I wasn't trying to figure out, you know, who built it, and why, and all this other sorts of stuff. I just wanted to see the famous monument. I was just awestruck by it, just totally awestruck. And unfortunately, because of vandalism, you can't even get really close to it. This roped off, and you can only, I mean, you can't even get spitting distance to it. You know what I mean? You're a stone's throw from it, which is a little bit further than spitting distance. But no, no, you can't reach out and touch it. I had this stupid idea that I was going to need to walk up and touch these big stones. No, nope, nope, thanks to vandalism and stuff, that's not going to happen. And it's roped off, and if you cross the rope, they will shoot you. I mean, it. They will, they're serious about protecting this thing. So, anyway, number one on my top 12 lists about the myths and theories behind Stonehenge. Number one, Stonehenge appeared due to the Druids that used it as a sacrificial temple. Well, here's the deal. The theory that Stonehenge was built by Druids was put forth by a Dr. William Stuckley, who was an 18th century physician and antiquarian. Now, according to him, visitors from the Middle East came to England in the mid-fifth century. They founded the Celtic religion of Druid priests and also built Stonehenge. It was one of the first vision, ver, uh, visions disproved with the development of the science and technologies. It was shown to be true that the Celts bared no relation to the construction of Stonehenge, because they came to the British Islands later than that st- structure had been put together. So that theory blown out of the water. Still popular theory, but not true. Number two. Stonehenge was built as the solar and lunar calendar and it was a sort of astronomical observatory of the Bronze Age. Astronomical basis to Stonehenge was first put forth by Sir Joseph Norman Lockyer, a renowned English scientist and astronomer. However, persuasive evidence of astronomical association for Stonehenge was given about Half a century later, by an American astronomer named Gerald Hawkins. He found 165 points on the monument that were linked with the solstices, equinoxes, and the solar and lunar eclipse. Supporting his theory is the fact that at the dawn of the summer solstice, the sun at the center of the Stonehenge ring and the two stones, the slaughter and the heel stones, are all in a line. This brings us up uh, a couple of questions here why build such a labor-intensive calendar only for the observing of the Sun and the moon and number two why not observe it by means of leaving the marks on just any surface and why you know these particular surfaces questions we may never know the answer to number three Stonehenge illustrates the model of a solar system according to which the system consists of nine planets instead of twelve. There are those who believe that somehow ancient Britons knew that there were nine planets in our solar system despite the fact that they didn't have telescopes or other modern stargazing equipment. This all ties into the alien theory that I'm going to be discussing later on. It is possible that ancient Britons had advanced knowledge of astronomy because we know that the ancient Maya had this advanced knowledge as well. The question to be asked here is where did they obtain this knowledge? Many believe they had to obtain this information from advanced beings, Those meaning those beings are, are aliens. I personally believe that this could be true or that these civilizations possessed advanced knowledge that's been lost to time. Either way, we may never know. And Like I said, I'll be discussing the alien theory a little bit later on. That brings us to number four, Stonehenge is a burial ground. Well, in the site of Stonehenge were found approximately 250 burials. Some scientists concluded that it was the largest Neolithic cemetery and resting place for the elite of that time. Discovery of a large number of cremated remains in the Aubrey Holes have led to the present day archaeologists to believe that Stonehenge was a ceremonial burial site right since its earliest days. Some have, some have dubbed it as the Domain of the Dead. While some have gone a step further to suggest that only the elite were buried at Stonehenge, the supporters of this idea say that someone made their route of 200 miles for bringing the huge blocks from the mountains in Wales to the Salisbury Plain for that particular purpose. The site where Stonehenge was built is a so-called place of power, the source of energy where people feel an inexplicable surge of vigor and they get healed from various illnesses. As proof of this, there were discovered um, at Stonehenge the interments of people with obvious bodily injuries who presumably used to make the pilgrimage to this place in hope of getting cured from their diseases. Now, I will say that when I was at Stonehenge. I felt the sense of power. I didn't feel any you know, source of energy emanating from it, and I didn't feel vigorated. But once again, I wasn't allowed to get that close to Stonehenge. Maybe if you could go in to Stonehenge, you may feel that. I did not. However, I did feel that source of power emanating from Stonehenge. Number five is the Roman temple theory. This is based on the findings of Inigo Jones. Architect John Webb proposed that the Stonehenge Monument was a temple built by the Romans in honor of Coleus, the Roman god of sky. However, this theory was strongly criticized by Dr. Walter Charlton who believed that the monument was built by the Danish invaders who came after the Romans both theories have been discarded as recent studies show that Stonehenge predates both of those groups and here's another way out there theory that is nonetheless a popular theory my number six Stonehenge is a portal into parallel worlds some people believe that the Druids weren't exterminated by the aforementioned Roman legionnaires, that they simply escaped to another dimension with the help of Stonehenge. Now, I'm not quite sure how this portal into parallel worlds theory works. Um, There was a Jeff Speakman movie, and I can't remember the name of it, that had to do with Stonehenge, where he and his family were transported to some alternate dimension or some alternate world or whatever and how they got back i can't remember but when they were transported back they appeared in the middle of stonehenge I, I, based i'm sure this por, per, portal theory had something to do with that movie but i once again it was must have been a forgetful movie because i can't remember anything <sighs> taking a sip of uh mountain dew the official soft drink of parareality radio No, not really. I mean, they're not paying me to say that. God, I wish they were. Hey, if you're an executive from Mountain Dew and you're listening to this podcast, I want you to sponsor my show because I drink Mountain Dew. It is the best. Okay, on with the show. Number eight. The British Islands used to be a mountain of the now sunken Atlantis. Now... Remember, Atlantis was supposed to be an island nation now the u k is attached to other bodies of of land, so Atlantis must have been huge if this is just a tip of the the mountain you know, but that is a theory that the British islands used to be a monument to sunken atlantis. The Atlanteans who could affect the very nature of things and because of that move heavy monoliths you know um They erected Stonehenge as one of the many temples of the Cult of the Sun. And it just happened to survive. Even though Atlantis sunk beneath the ocean, Stonehenge stood up and it didn't fall down. Yeah, that's not one of the more popular theories. Probably you guys don't know a lot about that. But that is one of those theories. Top of a mountain. I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, like I said, the UK is attached to other bodies of land. And if the UK is the top of a mountain, that means all the other bodies of land that it's attached to technically should be top of a mountain, right? So that would make Atlantis freaking huge as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to that theory. I'm going to poo-poo that one right now. Don't believe in that theory at all. Now, here's another very popular theory. Everyone's probably really familiar with this one. This one is the Merlin theory. This is my number nine, the Merlin theory. This is perhaps the most colorful theory proposed by a man named Geoffrey of Monmouth, who was a mid 12th century historian. Now, according to him, the blue stones that originated in Africa were brought to Ireland from the giant's circle due to their, or to form the giant's circle, is what he called it, excuse me, due to their healing properties. However, Aurelius Ambrosius, king of the Britons, wanted the stones to be moved to England to build a monument for the war dead. When his troops failed to transport the huge stones, Merlin the Wizard of King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table, all that sorts of stuff, he used his sorcery to transport the huge stones, some of which weighs, you know, around 50 tons, and poof, there they are to form Stonehenge. Now, there's a lot more to that story than just that. I am highly abbreviating that for purposes of this radio program but merlin the merlin theory is a very popular theory um amongst uh i don't even know what you would call people who study stonehenge and and are and have all these wild theories hingists hingites Stonehengeans <laughs> Jesus I crack myself up I don't know um but it's it is it is a very popular theory, not the most popular theory, but it is a popular theory okay, moving all along number ten got two more to go after this one number ten Stonehenge is a religious site, okay I can. I can buy that. That's one of the most plausible theories in my mind. Sir John Lubbock, the famous mid-19th century archaeologist, was perhaps the first person who made the most credible research on Stonehenge. Based on the bronze objects that were found in nearby graves, he dated Stonehenge as a Bronze Age site and correctly inferred that the site was erected in phases over a long period of time. He compared Stonehenge with other similar stone structures around the world and concluded that Stonehenge was a place of worship. And, excuse me, that is one of the more credible theories to me, is that Stonehenge was a place of worship. Forget about portals and alien spacecrafts and UFOs and, and... and Merlin and all this other sorts of stuff, it's possible that it was just nothing more than a religious site. And we know that man can build these monuments by hand. I mean, there there's a guy, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, I think he's in Texas somewhere, who has, he's either in the middle of building one or has already built a mini replica Stonehenge. Using just counterbalance weights and stuff is is amazing. I, I, I've heard about this guy, but I never really seen his work until I was watching an episode of Fact or Faked on the Sci Fi Channel, and they were they were doing the Stonehenge. As a matter of fact, that's what gave me the idea to do this show. Excuse me, Mountain Dew's coming up. Um, but um, this guy, I mean, they 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 erected a trial uh the the you know by themselves using mod, uh modern using ancient uh techniques that were available back at the time and it's amazing and and it it took them you know a long while obviously to to do this but but they did it so it makes sense to me that Stonehenge was built over a long period of time because it would have taken a long period of time to quarry the stone, transport the stone, and raise the stone. Uh, just one, yet alone all of them. It would have taken a tremendous amount of time. And the fact that it was built as a religious site, a church of sorts, an outdoor church, makes perfectly good sense to me. And I, that's right up there with one of my probably top 3 theories as to what Stonehenge really is or really was and and really even today it's a religious site because people come from all over at the summer solstice and and even the winter solstice but especially the summer solstice people come from all over the place to to pray at Stonehenge and to to worship whoever at Stonehenge there's you know quote unquote druid priests who who still to this day come out there and they have festivals and all that sorts of stuff around it. So it's, it's still a religious site. If it wasn't centuries ago, well, it is now a religious site of sorts. So it makes perfectly good sense to me. All right, moving along to number 11, one more to go after this. Here is the alien theory or the alien hand, as I like to call it. Some believe that Stonehenge is the landing ground for alien spaceships. An original radar indicating the direction owing to very strong magnetic and energetic, energetic uh, channels of the earth having been concentrated there, ley lines. Those in favor of this theory point out the fact that the slabs of Stonehenge consist of quartz. Now if you know anything about quartz, this mineral is well known for its characteristic of emanation of radio waves which makes the megaliths a real radio transmitter of sorts. The magnetic anomalies, as well as the appearances of UFOs and occurrences of crop circles around the site only add to this theory. Geologists believe that the blue stones of Stonehenge originated in the Preseli Hills of Wales, about 137 miles or so away from the site of Stonehenge. Given the huge size of the stones, moving them over 100 miles would be a herculean task to say the least. Many doubt if people living 5000 years ago either had the technology or if they were able to garner the brute muscle power required to transport the stones from the Welsh mountain range to the Salisbury Valley in England. This led to the origin of the alien theory in raising Stonehenge. There are also many people who believe that Stonehenge was created by ancient alien civilization as a message for humans that can only be deciphered when mankind is ready for it i.e. December the 21st of 2012 which is just a few months away this year. Supposedly the secret will be revealed then. Now, if you are familiar with the works of one late great Zechariah Sitchin. He did a series of books called the Earth Chronicles. And I believe it was in book two, The Stairway to Heaven. Uh I think that was what it was called. Um or maybe it was of God and Gods and men. Um anyway, he had a theory about Stonehenge. Let me type in Earth Chronicles on a search engine let's see Uh, what the heck is going on here okay here we go Earth Chronicles okay it was yes book number two the stairway to heaven which was written in nineteen eighty uh, he has lots of theories in there about Stonehenge. Uh, it's really complicated. I'm not going to get in to all of this, um, but it's there. If, if I, if, if, in case you didn't know. And I think most of the people who have uh, listened to this show in the past know that I'm a Sitchinite. I subscribe a lot to the theories of Zechariah Sitchin. And uh, this also makes my top three list of how it actually could have been built. Was that it was by ancient astronauts. Specifically the Anunnaki who... Uh, um, Literally translated means those who from heaven to earth came. But anyway, I'm not gonna get into all of that because I don't have that kind of time on this show. But uh if if you've never read the Earth Chronicles, you need to pick it up. It's a whole series of books by the late great Zechariah Sitchin, and uh he has a whole lot of information in there about Stonehenge. Which leads me right into number twelve, which also happens to make my top three as to what could actually be behind Stonehenge, a symbol of peace and unity. According to a new theory by British researchers Stonehenge may have been built as a symbol of peace and unity. During the monument's construction around 3000 BC to 2500 BC Britain's Neolithic people were becoming increasingly unified. There was a growing island-wide culture. The same styles of houses, pottery, and other material forms were used from Orkney to the south coast. This was very different to the regionalism of previous centuries. Stonehenge itself was a massive undertaking requiring the laborer of thousands to move stones from as far away as West Wales, shaping them and erecting them. Just the work itself requiring everything literally to pull together would have to have been an act of unification. This new theory is detailed in a new book by a man named Parker Pearson. It's called Stonehenge, Exploring the Greatest Stone Age Mysteries, available from Simon and Schuster. It was out this year, 2012. Stonehenge appears to have been the last gasp of this Stone Age culture. What has been found is evidence of a civilization transitioning from regionalism to a more integrated culture. Nevertheless, Britain's Stone Age people were isolated from the rest of Europe and didn't interact with anyone across the English Channel. Stonehenge, according to Pearson, appears to have been the very last gasp of this Stone Age culture, um, and it may have been chosen because it was... Already significant to Stone Age Britons. The natural land undulations at the site seem to form a line between the place where the sun rises off the summer solstice and where it sets in midwinter. That's what they found. Neolithic people may have seen this as more than a coincidence. This might explain why there are eight monuments in the Stonehenge area with celestial alignments, a number that's really unmatched anywhere else on the earth. Perhaps they saw this place as the center of the world. Studies, well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they see this place as, as the center of the world? Um, we thought for the longest time that the universe revolved around us, right? And we didn't. It didn't come into play until we got more. Scientifically advanced that we realized that we don't revolve everything doesn't revolve around us We were kind of revolve around the Sun so back in 3000 or 2500 BC why wouldn't it be logical that these people would think that Stonehenge was the center of the world Makes perfectly good sense to me. So those are my top 12 reasons behind who what and why built Stonehenge Some of those you may have heard of before. I think probably a couple of them you probably might not have heard of. Hope you learned a little bit in this show. And I know I learned a lot extra about Stonehenge as I was reading up on it and getting this show prepared. Studies and research regarding the reasons behind why the construction of Stonehenge continue to this day and will probably continue for a long time to come. With every new study, previously unknown facts regarding the history of Stonehenge emerge. A team that led an excavation within the inner circle of Stonehenge that commenced in March of 2008 concluded that the ancients believed that Stonehenge's stones possessed medicinal powers by which they harnessed by pouring water over them for the sick to bathe in. In modern times the preservation of Stonehenge has become a cause for concern. Presently a major highway runs no more than a hundred yards away from Stonehenge and the area has actually seen a lot of commercialization like parking lots, gift shops, and ice cream stands going up all to make money off of Stonehenge. Even though concrete information regarding Stonehenge is scarce it remains a storehouse of secrets of the past. This portal into the ancient world must be preserved if we desire to hold a better understanding of the late Stone and Bronze Ages. Not to mention the fact that Stonehenge is a international monument. So protect Stonehenge. Go see Stonehenge if you get the chance. Everybody, that about does it for Parareality Radio. i got a little bit less than 10 minutes left. I... Uh, Hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by dropping me an email to sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Also, please remember to visit my website at parareality.com. When you're there, you can find out information about me, the upcoming show, and you can even listen to the show from there as well. And also don't forget to look me up on Facebook. that's sandman.perireality on Facebook. You can hear the show there as well, and you can also find out more about what's going on in the world of parareality. A um, couple of announcements to make. number one, um, starting this month in August, next Monday. well, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to start replaying old Perality radio shows. Uh, On the first Monday of the month, I'm going to have the new show. The second Monday of the month, I will be playing an old live 365 show. And then the third Monday of every month, I'm going to make one of my WRFN shows available. I don't have all of my WRFN shows. Uh, Some of them have been lost, but I, I have, I think, the majority of them, so I'm going to make them available for you to listen to. And I'm going to play my Live 365 shows on the second Monday of the month. And I'm going to start from the beginning. Everything's going to be played in order on the Live 365 and the WRFN shows as well. So you may get some of the same information because I uh, covered a lot of the same topics on my WRFN show that I covered on my Live 365 show. But I'm going to start from the beginning and to give you guys something to listen to. Um, and, you know, if if you've got a favorite show... Now's your chance to hear it again, or maybe if you missed an episode, here's your chance to to catch up. And it like I said, I'm gonna play them from the beginning, starting with the first, and you'll it's is oh man, it's gonna be great to see the progression of the show because when I first started, oh god, it was terrible, it was awful. And I think it's pretty cool to see how I improved over the course of the years. And I got a lot of shows. Over a hundred, I uh, got five years worth of shows. This is the sixth season of Parareality Radio, so you know there's a lot of shows for you guys to listen to. So I'm real excited about that. You can find them all on Parareality.com. So just go there, www.parareality.com. Starting next week, you'll be able to listen to all my live 365 shows, one at a time, though not all at the same time. Second big announcement is. Oh, man. Okay, let me tell you. My next show is going to be available on Monday, September the 3rd, 2012. I'm going to have my first in-studio guest here in the new Reality Radio studios. This is a very mysterious individual from a very mysterious organization. I'm going to be interviewing the, I guess you would call him the second-in-command of... uh of a a secret society called the Order of the Dracul. He's going to be my very first in-studio guest. He's going to be Lord Draconis, the second-in-command from Order of the Dracul. So, um, you definitely, this is going to be a great interview. I've been trying to get these people on my show for the longest time, and I've never had anyone agree to it until now i'm very excited so make sure you turn on tune in and find out on monday september the third 2012 i'm going to be interviewing lord draconis from the order of the Dracool right here live in studio the first in studio guest for the new pair reality radio studios everyone i hope that this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking expand your consciousness and produces a change in the way that you see the world if you wish to change You must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you again next month. Right now, I'm going out, and I am going dancing, baby. We'll see you next month, Monday, September the 6th.